This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody. I am here with Martin Heinfeld. How you doing, man? Hey, fine. How about you? Bart? Good. So I'm I'm very curious. Did I get your name right? Because I'm notoriously bad at that. <laughs> yeah, it is a funny name, but uh, Martin Heinfeld. Yeah, so I guess that was pretty close, wasn't it? Yeah, awesome. Great. Because uh, I try really hard, but I usually fail. And also, uh, it's it's very crazy to me how many times I've said this in interviews, but uh, cheers, my friend. Nice to finally meet you. Yeah, We've been true. talking for a long time. <laughs> and yeah, we First do. time actually hanging out. Um, yeah, we what are you drinking? Uh, it's actually a local beer. It's Wilhelm Pilsner. Ah, okay. Made by, it's because I bought a draft beer cake thing. So, um, And the guy that I bought uh, or that buy the beer from started making his own beer. So I bought a a can of that or whatever you call it when it's 20 liters. Oh, awesome. Um, I tried to look for beer from Denmark and couldn't find any in the local store. What a shock. They do sometimes have it. So I figured I'd be funny and I got old brown dog uh, American <laughs> ale, which old, oh, brown, yeah. old brown bear would have been a little more accurate, but I thought that was funny enough and I like brown ales. So. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. This is just a, a Pilsner thing with a hoppy taste, I think. Mm. Cool. Yeah, any any pretty, excuse to taste a good beer, I'm always in. So it's uh, it's pretty. Cool. You couldn't find Carlsberg or Tuborg or stuff like that. I thought they were everywhere. They usually do. So I've talked about this before, but um, New York, the entire state, they don't sell beer in the same stores that they sell wine and liquor in, which doesn't okay. make any sense at all because every other state does. So when you're in a place like New York City, where everything's you know a specialty shop, you could find nice wines and weird liquors and all my weird absinths that I like to drink. But it's really hard to find good beer because there's oh. just there are there's only one or two beer stores and thousands of wine stores. So you basically are just limited to whatever you have at your local bodega or supermarket. And the supermarket near me has a decent choice. I've gotten Carlsberg from there a bunch of times. But this okay, was the yeah. most interesting thing they had today. Old old brown dog. It's actually yummy. I like it. And it's 6.5% alcohol, so I won't be wasted by the end of this, but I won't be sober. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. Yeah, this is just standard Pilsner stuff. Nice. For the alcohol, that is. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, a lesson very hard learned. If anybody uh, wants to try different beers around the world, check the alcohol content if you're going for specialty beers. Because a friend of mine's a beer fan, a big drinker, and we went to this place when I used to live in Stamford, Connecticut, walking distance, so we didn't have to worry about driving or any of that. But we were, when I say drunk after six beers, we were drunk drunk. And we're good drinkers. Like, we could hold our alcohol. We had a meal. And this was over a couple hours. It's not like we chugged six beers. But we stood up, and we were shocked. And the bartender kind of smiles and said, you know, do you remember how much alcohol content is in the beer that you ordered? I warned you. And the bartender did. They're like, oh, it's a high alcohol content. I thought they meant six. Well, no, what is it? It was 11. 11%. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, so yeah. we basically had over eight beers or uh, almost 12 beers each pretty much 
Yeah, so that was a hangover and a half the next morning. <laughs> was that Belgian beers? I heard that the every Belgian beer below 10% is a light beer. <laughs> I believe it. I absolutely believe it. So, yeah, now I'm careful with that. Now I always look at, I look for which are the darkest, and then out of those, I look at the alcohol content, and I pick the ones with the highest alcohol first so it doesn't sneak up on me later in the day. <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. I like it. I like it light. It's because I've gotten gotten old, I think. Yeah. Uh, there you have it. I drank a lot of uh, brown beers and dark beers when I was younger, but uh, yeah, we just want to keep it cool nowadays. Actually, now we're talking about beers, and you're talking about uh, New York. You you're in New York, right? Because yep, right I was in the state of New York, which I guess it's the same, but in the other uh, at the end at the end uh, at the at the waterfall. What's it called? Buffalo, I think, or something like that. Oh. Uh... Which waterfall? Are you talking Niagara Falls? Niagara, yeah, right? Niagara okay. Falls. Yeah. I think uh, isn't the city called Buffalo or something like that. I, th- I think so. Near... I've actually never been to uh, Niagara Falls. Yeah, but... uh, whatever. But I was not there. I was there on a on a work uh, trip, and the guy who had to drive me around, you know, our guy in the states, he had three hours or something like that every, you know, going back and forth. So he picked me up, and then because he had three hours going home, uh, he had to leave me at the hotel quite early. And, you know, when you're alone in a hotel, you have nothing to do but go taste all the beers they had at the bar. And they had a really good bar. And they had a lot of beers. So I was shit-faced around, you know, four, four, four in the afternoon. That was nice. And uh, some, I don't know, Great Lakes beer. I think it's some Chicago stuff or whatever it is. I don't know where the Great Lakes is. Aren't they in, around Chicago? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're, they're huge. So they, there's actually a whole bunch of states all around those. But oh, there we go. it's near, near Chicago, too, is one of them. Okay, but the Great Lakes beer, that was awesome. But it was strong, and I got shit-faced. That was nice. Yeah. Isn't it funny when you travel for work how you just end up doing things that you normally never would? Like, for me, the thought the thought of just going to a bar by myself and sitting locally, I'd like I'd feel like a loser because I'm lucky enough to have friends. So why wouldn't <laughs> I just call them? Like, But if I'm traveling for work, like I couldn't care less. I'd grab a book or my cell phone, sit at the end of the bar, drink till I was bored, and then just never even think about it. Yeah, exactly. But this is what I do every time I'm when I'm traveling with my company or for my company. You know, I always end up sitting in a bar looking lonely and just either get shit faced. And then I, the American, you American people are really good at coming over and just you know small talking with me and uh, or with anyone actually. And it, it always g- gets very funny, you know, because you meet a lot of different people that I will never see. And uh, you know, because I'm I'm often there for many days, so you know, I see the same guys coming back from their work wherever they are and. Uh, and then we, st- you know, you start meeting people and actually get to know people. You know, of course, for only a couple of days, and then you you leave for good, and you never see these guys again. But hey, it's funny. Yeah. That's a good thing about America. Yeah, it's interesting. Sure. I like that. It's funny too because depending on where you go, most places are exactly like what you described. But I've been to some manufacturing facilities out in the middle of nowhere. And it's the mm-hmm. opposite. You sit down at the bar and half the locals go, who's the stranger? He doesn't belong yeah. here. Why is he there? And I'm just like, yo, man, I'm a, a fat nerd that just wants to drink your beer and eat your food. Leave me alone. Yeah. Gonna... So... <laughs> yeah, I don't know how if locals are that. You know, I've been a lot of local places, but uh, what I've experienced, they're usually cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny, too, to hear the stereotypes of different places in America. Like Jason from Game Tech was always like, 
what's New York like? I just imagine everybody's just an asshole yelling at you. And I'm like, no, it's <laughs> people are generally nice unless you do something like you're walking in the sidewalk and you stop to look at your phone or look up at a building, and then you'll probably get run over by a person walking. That's that's like the oh, okay. only thing because people, it's like driving, right? Like you wouldn't just stop your car in the middle of a highway to go look at something. And if you have a hundred people walking behind you trying to get to work, you don't stop in the middle of the sidewalk. But if you're used to living out in the middle of nowhere. Why would you even think about that? There's nobody yeah. behind you. You could stop and look around. So Hey, yeah. this is a movie or uh, going to New York one oh one. We're getting through here. Yep. Yeah. You'll have a hard time finding beer and don't stop short when you walk. That's, yeah. my, that's my best <laughs> advice. Yeah, I have actually been to New York one and that was not that long after uh, after the you know the eleventh of September. Mm. And uh, and w- when we when we went there, you know, because you know, we saw Manhattan and it was just wow, this big thing, you know, Denmark is pretty small, so uh, Manhattan is big. And uh, and we went, when we went there and we were going around, and then suddenly was there was a bomb threat and they had to close off the whole street because there was some guy had left a uh, a box or whatever in a food store right across the the street from our hotel. So we were like, and then we were allowed to go to the hotel and you know sleep. And it's like, yeah, this is cozy, knowing that maybe there's something on the other side of the street. There was nothing. Apparently, just a guy who had forgotten this box or bag or whatever it was. <laughs> but that was what I know from New York. But it's a cool place. It was cool. It was a cool place, except for the yeah. bomb threats and whatever. It was fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, while that's not part of the day to day life, that's a perfectly fair story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the, you know, going to New York, get a bomb threat, see see a movie at the theaters. Hey, you know, everyday life. <laughs> Love it. Do you live in uh, closer to the city or closer to like the suburbs outside? Uh, the problem is, what do you call a city? Because I live in uh, the third largest uh, city of Denmark, which is. 200,000 people, I think, 220,000 people or something like that. And I live in the outskirts of that city. So, um, but the problem is that the outskirts of that city is, uh, I don't know, what are we across? 10 kilometers. And I have no idea what that is in miles or whatever you call it, feet, something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, but it, it, it's, 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 you know, it's, a, it's the third largest city of Denmark. But uh, compared to you guys' cities, it's a, it's a small village, I would call it. Uh, you know, uh, big buildings and stuff like that. We do have something, but it's it's still flat. It's it's a flat city. So, but I live in the outskirts of of the third largest city of Denmark. I'm a, I'm imagining like the suburbs of Chicago. And since I don't know what your your town looks like, and you don't know what that looks like, we're gonna have to have some uh, some friends send pictures of or post pictures on Imgur of both and, and compare and contrast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I was actually in Chicago some years ago, but I just remembered you know being. Uh, Looking something like, uh, yeah, also quite tall, but still, eh. or was that Philadelphia? I can't remember now. Well, whatever. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, um, I wanted to to ask you here, not just to talk about beer and hang out, but we're definitely going to be doing a lot of that. But I, uh, first and foremost, have to thank you for all of the work you've been putting in behind the scenes in the retro gaming world. Uh, Retro RGB, since about its first year, I decided like it it has to be focused on the people who create these things, the developers behind it, the products and all that stuff, because very often, and I mean this respectfully, but very often people just see who's in front of the camera when, you know, more times than not, the people who do the behind the scenes work are really who drive all of this. So thank you for absolutely all the cool crap that you've made and done and contributed to. Well, thank you for for you know showing it to the world. You know, when I when I do stuff like this, it's, it's mostly just for fun or for myself. And then when releasing it, you know, getting it to the people, I I don't do that. You know, just put it up on my website that nobody looks at. 
and then if people have to Google the, them out to them, usually, you know, making the right search words or whatever. <clears throat> so, so thank you for, for, you know, contributing to putting stuff out. That was also why, you know, when I made the first 100, 129X, I was actually going to contact you, but you contacted me first. So there we go. Yeah. You know, that's uh, a lot of people want to know, want to know how I end up talking to some developers. And some most of the time, I'd say 99% of the time, that question is positive. Sometimes it's always from people like, why aren't you talking about me? I do cool stuff. You need to talk about me. And it's just, uh, there's never any intent other than I saw you online. I saw what you were posting and I went, that's really cool. I wonder if they know about this and I wonder if I could help and I wonder what else. And I just messaged you and you were cool to talk to. And here we are like two years later or something, you know. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it, it's really nice because, you know, what I, when I do this and when I release it for free, it's always because I want to help. Uh, you know, I've, I've spent the time so other people might as well get something out of it. And uh, I know, uh, you know, a lot of people must have the same issues I had because, the whole idea was that I bought these two PVM 9L2s uh, without, I actually didn't buy them, I got them for free. And I saw that I had to buy this crazy ass expensive card, which nobody had available. And other, there was this guy on eBay and he wanted 150 bucks. It's like, 150 bucks for two cards because I had two monitors, so I needed two cards. I so then I, I thought I'm, I might be able to do this, and apparently I was. And then, then I spent seven hundred dollars to to actually save three hundred dollars. So that I'm not a very good at math and and economics, but uh, that's that is absolutely. You just described so many people's use cases right there. Like, all right, uh, I don't want to spend this money on it, so I'm going to buy a logic analyzer and an oscilloscope, and like you know, a couple exactly. of grand worth of tools later, you solved your hundred dollar problem. <laughs> yep, this was exactly what happened. But again, you know, now and you know, a lot of people have been using it. You know, I can see what, uh, how the sales are growing of of just the cards on eBay. So people must be needing these, uh, which is very cool. Yeah. And uh, so, so it, it helps people, and it makes uh, you know some money. So do more than they were used to, which is which is, I think is cool. Yeah, that's the whole idea. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that, like the the price too, because when you first got into this, those cards were 120, 150, and now they've gotten even more expensive. And yeah, now with that... part shortages of everything, the ones that we have to make to replace them are now the original price, and it's still half the price of the original. So yeah, problem, that's problem that's solved. whack. I, I have no idea why people still uh, buy the original cards. You know, of course, there's something like it. It does look cooler, and uh, I suppose it is more, uh, you know, authentic or whatever. But but you know, I've seen them go for something like three hundred, four hundred bucks, which which is whack in my opinion. You know, you can see buy the original four hundred bucks, or buy this one at yeah right now what one hundred fifty, uh, one hundred fifteen bucks, whatever it is. Uh, and, and it's it's just crazy, you know. I I don't know why they do this. Uh, I don't I don't like all this original stuff. I, at least I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I just want it to work. Some people just don't know the difference, and they don't bother. They go straight to eBay without googling, which is a mistake. Which I'm sure all of us have made at some point. Um, of course. And then there's also that stigma of, you know, is the other one going to be as good? Uh, I want the original, and as we'll talk about in a little bit, that's. Uh, uh, both of the cards that I, I've been uh, talking about in the past few weeks are better than the original in some ways, at least. So it's it's kind of I understand the mentality, or I guess some people might just want to collect it. But there's not many freaks like me that like to collect monitor stuff. There's you know it's a small no, percentage. No. So 
Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's of course when it's in a project like this, you know, I'm not a professional uh, hardware developer, so of course, you know, there had been some issues like with this uh, with the low pass fiddler that I forgot to uh, to disable on the card and stuff like that, and then we figured that out, and hey, there we go. I could you know come crawling and say sorry, I fucked this <laughs> up. Uh, uh, so, uh, but uh, but you can fix it like this, and, and uh, then I guess people are happy and the. The people that can't fix them themselves, nah, of, of course, that sucks. I don't know uh, how big a problem it actually is. Not, so, not at all. But, yeah. but let's go back to the beginning then, and then we'll work our way back to this. Uh, just so people sure. who maybe haven't followed the project, or maybe they only saw my video from last year and didn't, you know, so they need a refresher. But the 129X card, 129X is just a model number of a card that's compatible with the L series PVMs and the H-series BVMs, so D9H, D14H, and it accepts component video and RGBS, so standard RGB like a BVM would be, um, and that's what you ended up reverse engineering. And how did you do that? What exactly is, does that entail? Because I know a lot of these cards require some kind of logic, um, plus you need to feed the signals. So would you want to walk through a little bit of what the heck this is and, and how you're able to do it? Yeah, sure. So, so the first part is small is always getting some documentation if possible. And what I did was that I, I found the service manual for the car and just looked at it, you know, what does this car actually, what does it have? And, you know, more, most of it, what I can see was just a switching circuit. Uh, you know, it could just take pass through the channel, uh, the, or, you know, the signals, the RGB signals in the sink. And there was some switching for the, for the internal, external sink and stuff like that. And they had this microcontroller black box thing. Uh, which of course there was there's, there's nothing documenting. It's just a microcontroller uh, custom thing that they do and have they have made when they uh, when they make the cards. The thing is that the the, the bus or whatever you would call it that goes to the and from the microcontroller is a known bus. Uh, it looks uh, like something called SPI, which is a completely normal bus uh, for internal stuff uh, on on systems like this. And uh, with the logic analyzer, you can just hook it up and then you can start looking. You know what what's actually happening. It's the same thing that I did with the JVC, uh, uh, some of the JVC monitors, where the the monitor itself is actually telling the uh, the microcontroller of uh, you know the jungle IC that it should kill RGB because it's not needed or whatever. So if you want to hack RGB and you need to circumvent that, and you know that that was just I two C or I square C, and uh, you know SPI R square C, those are pretty simple buses. So hooking up a logic analyzer, I could just see. You know what was the monitor sending and what was the card responding with, and then it was just a matter of uh, figuring out you know how was the protocol when you press internal external sync the monitor sends this command and the uh, card responds with this and then sets a signal high to make the routing of the signals a bit different and that's about it about it. But uh, yeah, it, it actually didn't take that long to go through it because the twenty nine X is actually quite simple. Uh, in the end, uh, but uh, and I know I'm not even the only one that has been looking at stuff like this over the years. Uh, I was apparently just the first one to actually get out with it. But uh, but yeah, so you go through this, uh, hook up the logic analyzer, you know, just start pressing buttons until you get an idea of what is actually happening. Try to piece it together, and uh, because Sony is always Sony, so they have some sort of a hey, we do it like this, which nobody else does. So those are the quirks you need to figure out, and. Um, you know, I spoke to some people on the, on the CRT Discord. They had they had some ideas uh, because uh, you know Jam was also working on something like this, mm -hmm. 
and uh, and you know i just suddenly just you know oh it might work like this and uh, it worked <laughs> and uh, hey there we go there we go and then the rest is more or less just putting something on board you know i i tried to simplify everything because the there, there were some components that couldn't be uh, found anymore uh so so that's why i ended up with this more simplistic and modern design uh, which of course it's it was easy and simple to build and it ended up being uh you know something that worked and uh, people like that and then we started evolving into what we see today you know i started building this with the with the, all the, the inputs and the outputs and the vga scart whatever because when you when you do have the microcontroller stuff which is the important stuff then then you're flying the rest is just you know signals right so just to to clarify then the 129x card so the one specifically for those the l series pvms let's just say the rgbs signals get passed through and have to be presented at the right voltages and everything but the signals yeah. just pass through the microcontroller was to tell the monitor hey i'm here and this is rgbs yeah. exactly it, it 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 does nothing to the signals uh, it only opens up you know saying you are, you should now pass these signals through or you should not pass them through when when you know when you don't select the channel and it was uh, you know routing the sync the sync signal from the uh, from the y or from the external sync input that was basically it um and uh, so so that was why in the end that signal or that card is uh, actually quite simple you can then see of course there's a lot there's a lot of uh, hardware on it still uh, but uh, that is because when they made it you know everything was uh, uh, just uh, discrete transistor amplification stuff uh, at least as far as i can see i'm no analog engineer at all but uh, it, it looked like that and uh, so whatever i built now was just yeah a simplified version you know it has a buffer it has a switch that that's it and um I, just a random question, but the connectors that are at sure. the end, those are mass-produced connectors? I had no idea what those were. I'd never seen them before other than on these things. Yeah, actually, it's, it's a, a quite common connector. Um, they used, where I, where I work, uh, and they, we actually use something similar uh, just for uh, another card. It's a quite common backplane connector. And it comes in all kinds of sizes and, uh, and you know, mechanical, uh, you know, how it looks mechanically. But uh, but the, the layouts are the same. It's just a normal, yeah, what do you call it, 2.54 millimeter pitch or 0.1 inch millimeter pitch connector, which is, yeah, completely normal. It's another thing on, on, on other cards uh, like the, the 60, uh, 68X which is a completely different, uh, but uh, I think that's the one I was thinking of when I asked the question. I know we're talking about the one twenty nine X, but I think I was visualizing the other one when I asked that. So yeah, yeah because, because that's a completely different connector, and I've never seen anything like that anywhere else. Uh, it looks like some SCSI or whatever you call it, SCSI yeah. mm-hmm. uh, thing, but I don't know. I, I think it's uh, it, it's. I don't think there's any other producers doing that specific block, but I'm not sure. I haven't been able to find it anywhere else. It's like this Japanese aviation electronics, whatever it is. But I mean, and you were able to purchase them because the boards were made and everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the for the 129X and more or less for any other cards like the JVC cards and uh, also the uh, what do you call them, the Evergreen BVM series, I also think they use completely normal uh, these uh, 2.54 millimeter pitch plugs. And then there's the 68X, which is just <laughs> completely whack. Uh, at least uses this wag plug, and, uh, but that is at least still available to purchase. Obviously, then so 
yeah, 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 you know, it's a normal plug, and it's, uh, you know, I, so apparently other people are using it also, or other companies must be using it, otherwise they wouldn't be able to purchase it like this. I think it's, uh, I think they used it because everything is more high speed in that card. Uh, I, I don't know if we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it is just a completely different setup. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, back up for a, we'll back up for a second on that still, because um, I did want to talk about the dual, because... Um, yeah, sure. That that to me, like reverse engineering the 129X, I tried to make a big deal about it because I understood the importance of that. It's the first step into doing these things with Sony monitors that no one had completed that project on a Sony monitor before, at least to the mm. point where you could make one. I'm sure there was somebody in a basement Apparently. somewhere soldering wires together that got it working. Yeah, but, exactly. Like, you know, made it into an actual product that people could use. And I thought it was awesome. But at the time that you made it, it wasn't $350 for a 129X. It was, you know, mm. it was still 150 So it was an important project, but it wasn't one that everybody was going to rush out to buy. But I kind of saw the groundwork being made, and I kind of knew where you were going with this. And I think a very cool step was the Duel, because now that that offers something that the original does not at all. You know, First yeah. of all, you get the SCART input, which... Yeah, it's just a connector, but how many of us how many of us in retro gaming who have a setup that we're constantly changing has bought three or four SCART to BNC adapters over the years cuz they wear out and fall apart. So, like it's and that's not I'm not making fun of sellers, I'm not making fun of SCART, I'm not making fun of BNC. I'm just saying if you use this stuff a lot and the, you know, you're constantly moving the wires around, they're going to wear out whereas just a connector in the back of a monitor, you're good to go. That's going to last 10 times as long as everything. So. Yeah, for sure. But well, because I'm from Europe, so we have SCART everywhere, and so actually SCART was the uh, my original what I wanted to do. Uh, but uh, but I started out with BNC because uh, you know everybody had I made SCART first, people were going, "Why do you do SCART and chart and whatever?" <laughs> so, but I thought, hey, let's just do it with BNC. Then everybody's happy to start with, and then we can just take it from there. Uh, and yeah, so I this definitely is where... think that was the right move too. By the way, because just you know, it also wouldn't it wouldn't scare people off. Here's a copy of the original homebrew open source. It does everything the original yeah. does. Don't don't be freaked out by it. It's the same. Um, but the other part that was awesome was the sync combiner and the VGA thing and all of that. And I know a lot of people said they wished that uh, maybe not a lot of people. Most people were just really appreciative of it. But <laughs> a few people had said, oh, uh, it would have been cool to program the different buttons on the PVM to select the different inputs, VGA or SCART. But then that that starts talking about a different level of logic analyzing. And also, yeah, but, the pro yeah, but there's only one RGBS pass through, right? Yes. The, the, you know, whatever you press on the buttons, uh, are, except for, you know, internal, external sync and that it is uh, selected or not, is the only thing I do have. I don't have any information that you can see, you know, A and B, although, you know, it must exist because on the, um, on the uh, what, what's it called, you know, the HD version 124 or 142, whatever it is, uh, HD, I think there's two inputs, so it, it must have something like that. But when it detects 129X, it just sends, you know, you're not good to go. Send me the signal, so I can't really do more than that. Mm -hmm. So that's why that's why we opted for this, you know, just one button in the back uh, that you have to press to select one or the other. There's at least I haven't found any other version or any other command that I could use instead. 
right to do something like that because on the bvms the cards that support more are composite and s video or different types of sdi so you're not using four rgbs pins you're not using you're using different pins or you're still populating four but it's a different signal so it's not like there's two sets of rgbs pins going to the motherboard so you might not even have been able to do it even if you did have the software on it no, uh, on the you know on on the other ones, if you had you know the option of somewhere, the monitor must be telling the card that you should now take the signal from these plugs instead of these plugs. So of course, had something like that existed for the one twenty nine X, then we could have used that. But because we're we're trying to be the one twenty nine X, we don't have these signals. You could, you could say, of course, theoretically, trying to be one of the other cards because everything ends up in analog uh, videos on the backplane. You know, there's, of course, the way of saying, hey, I'm actually a 124 HD uh, and then, uh, you know, A and B. But, you know, then you would be doing something completely else. Most likely you would uh, only support a a component or something like that, because I think it transcodes to or not transcode, it decodes to component in the end. And then you really can't do as much stuff as you can with the 129. Sony is very, you know, clever. They... Mm -hmm. uh, they, they they seem to say you know this kind of card does this and that's it and you know the the sixty eight X is completely different it's wow yeah <laughs> that's funny you know it, as much of a nerd as I am and I always try to see what we could do next and what other features I would never in a million years say you know it's a fair question by the way to the people who ask those questions about the option buttons totally fair sure, question sure. but knowing knowing what it would take to get to the next step. Pushing a button in front versus reaching your band around and pushing a button on the back, I would tell you don't ever waste your time on that. Yeah. Let's move on to the next project. Like, good good explanation, fair question, but yeah, just for just for giving the reach around to an input button, I would not waste any time in that at all. Yeah, and exactly. the other features are still available because all of the things like calibration, geometry, centering, that's built into the monitor, not the card. So exactly. as long as you tell it, hi, I'm a 129X and this is an RGB or a component signal, whatever it is, then you could do the rest. Actually, you don't even. The monitor, you select RGB or component. So you're not losing any functionality whatsoever. It's the same manipulation that you could do with the original. Yeah, exactly. This is, you know, some people, I, I saw some people saying that, why didn't I implement this in the FPGA or whatever? But but there's no reason. It, it doesn't make any sense because it is doing nothing at all to the signal except actually switching it in and out. So so, so putting in the FPGA would just make it more expensive. It wouldn't change anything. It's a microcontroller on the original. It's a microcontroller on mine. That's it. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously... I'm very excited about that and everybody that I talked to about it and maybe I didn't do the greatest job in the video or something. Cause I just talked to somebody this morning who I was like, Oh, did you see the, the monitor video I did? And they were like, Oh no, not really. And I explained like, Hey, you could turn, I know you have an L series. You could turn that into, you know, three different things all at the same time. And I was like, mm. Holy shit. Really? I'm going to go back and watch that video now. So yeah, it's a, I always thought that was a pretty big deal and I'm, I'm I'm very happy that it's out there. And um, the sellers now for any, I'll leave links, of course, but uh, Castlemania is selling it and also Retro Up. What's Will's store again? I'm sorry, Will. Retro Upgrades. Retro Upgrades. Okay, I didn't want to say it until I was sure. My bad, Will. Sorry. But uh, yeah, Will's store, (laughs) Retro Upgrades is, and Will is also selling the single versions. So I, in almost all cases, I would recommend people get the dual just because it's extra functionality. But if you have a setup where you're, only using component video grab the bnc version and some cheap 
you know, some cheap adapters, or if you're only using D sub, you know, then you could save some cash by buying the singles. Uh, I just think most people who have a multi-sync monitor would use all of the everything they could do. Treat it like a VGA monitor. Treat it like an RGB monitor. Throw every signal you want into it. So, sure. Actually, in my opinion, only the you know the full size PNC and the dual should exist in the end because the single ones are, are they are a bit harder to put in because of the. Uh, you know, because the card is not full size, so you have to like wiggle it a bit, and so and you just having the full size is just easier. So, so for sure, I would think those are the two main products, and the the, the singles are more or less just the uh, what do you call? It? They were the road to to the duel in the end, because I wanted a scar, so I made a scar, and then some people, hey, why don't you have the VGA? So I made the VGA, and uh, and then hey, why don't we put this together on one board, make it a full size, everybody's happy put some yeah. switches yeah that was kind of funny because i uh, you had sent me uh, I, I forgot there's a scart version too that will selling as well for anybody that just wants scart which i think uh, some people might might just go for the single scart version if they have nothing else but a scart switch going into that that's actually if you have automated setup with all scart and all component and you just want to have both plugged into your your l series pvm that would work but mm. that was that was kind of why I uh, verbally abused you into starting the duel <laughs> because uh, you had sent me both cards and I'd popped the panels off the back of my L series, my 20 L five. And I went, this is awesome. I'm sure port one is option a and port two is option B. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I popped the back off and I went, there's only one connector. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. Hey, you want to put yeah. both of these on the same? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, I, I actually don't, didn't even know that because but it was the same on the L2. You know, I also thought when I got the monitor, hey, there's room for two. Eh, that's not. So, uh, so yeah, so that sucked actually. But uh, I just I use smaller scart for everything here. So, so having a scart version was was actually my goal mm. in the end. Uh, so yeah, that's that. <laughs> Very cool. So uh, we we worked on a bunch of other projects that aren't aren't quite ready yet. So uh, we'll save that for our follow up interview when I when I find myself some of your local beer to drink instead of this stuff. But um, so let's move over to the sixty eight X because that yeah. that is something I've had a a few people over the years take a look at that and tell me unequivocally that that is impossible and you shouldn't waste your time on it. And the only thing you might be able to do is buy things like um, like the SDI version and then tap the signals for RGB and kind of basically RGB mod it the way you would a TV. Um, and everybody kind of said, you can't do it. It's just don't waste your time. Other people have tried and you did it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to just kind of walk us through all of it. Yeah. Like, like, you know, and by the way, I think I should take this time too to say that um, Steve from RetroTech posted about what a 68x going up for sale uh and i saw that immediately i'm subscribed to him on patreon i got the email right away and i saw it turned out after the fact to be a, a gamer from brazil who knew all of us um and just put it up there because they had an extra one or you know or was able to acquire it and i contacted two different people that i knew always said things like if there's ever anything you need that would be a big help to the retro gaming community let me know and I contacted them both, and I let them know about this. And both people said, I'll buy it for you. And I said, well, listen, I don't want to put undue pressure on Martin. If I buy this, I'm going to send it to him. And I need to respectfully tell you that there's an excellent chance that you've just thrown your money away, and this really is impossible. People said it's impossible, or it might take three years or something. And both of them were like, 
doesn't matter. I understand what this means for everybody who likes monitors. And and they ended up just splitting it. They each sent me some cash. I, I paid for the thing. I had it drop shipped to you. Uh, and we all, like, even the other day, actually, I think this morning, um, one of the two people asked, like, hey, what's the status on that? And I just said, eh, wait another week. I don't want to spoil it. So, like, because uh, we're recording this before that video comes out and everything. But so I just wanted to give a shout out to, to first of all, everybody in the retro gaming community who's awesome. I love all of you. And uh, specifically to these two people who just stepped up to the plate just putting their trust in in all of us saying like no like bob bob wouldn't lie about this and martin's already proven himself i'll throw down the cash and see what happens so that's pretty awesome yeah so thank you so yeah yes thank you because uh, that project was actually kind of wild uh, it <laughs> for me at least because although we had you know written to each other before about that what really what happened to begin with what that one a guy i know uh, in denmark here he uh, he found two uh well, you know what what are they called A twenty F M F one M blah blah something, and mm. uh, then he he told me because he also knew that I had been making the JVC cards and this one twenty nine X, and then he said he wanted to offer me one of these monitors only with the with the SDI card in, and then you say maybe you can use that for something, and I was like hey yeah that's a, to begin with so actually I got that and I started making some uh, measuring out the signals and I started tapping the uh, you know the bus just like with uh, with the uh, 129X, you know, put a hook up my logic analyzer, except I had to buy a new logic analyzer, which had more channels, so it was more expensive, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, and, and so so I hooked that up, and uh, I got uh, some information off of it, and there was just you now a a ton of information going through those monitors and going through those cards. And uh, I was like, wow, if I'm ever going to do this, I think I would need the original card. I was thinking that. Then suddenly you write me up. Yo, no, do you actually have a money? So I was like, hey, yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to send you this card. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I was actually sitting with my family having dinner when you wrote me. And, and it's like, it's like, my wife was like, why are you texting all of a sudden? I said, this guy, is one, he wants to send me a card that's, you know, Crazy expensive. I was like, nah. I was like, nah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 you know, I was just sitting there writing, being complete, you know, uh, yeah, just eat your food. I'll just do this instead. And, uh, and then when I went, you know, when it took like what, one and a half month for the car to actually arrive. And I guess the guy who sold the car, he, I think he was like biting his nails, you know, all the time, uh, you know, what actually happened. And then when it arrived, and I, and I, you know, I hooked that up and, uh, you know, when you get a card like that, and you know, you know what it costs, and you, I don't know, you know, the card just has like this holy grail thing coming in in the door, you know, light shining on, and it's like, oh, yeah. And then I had to now take you're it apart. grounding yourself when you touch the top of the monitor. You don't need to ground yourself when you put it. In. You're <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, let me just make sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and and so I had to take it apart, and I was like really careful. And I tried to hook up, you know, you, you can get like these small hooks that you put onto the ICs so you don't have to solo anything on top of it. And it just didn't work. And the ones I had were too big. So I ordered some new ones from China that was like, oh, they these are very, very fine pitch, blah, blah, blah. I bought those, cost a fortune, didn't work. And so uh, so I was like, ah, okay, I'm, I, I have to solder onto this thing. So, you know, I, I sat down with my iron and it's like, because now I have to solder onto a, a two thousand buck card or whatever it was it cost. I can't. It, it was a lot, and it's it's expensive, crazy expensive. And so just you know, find some good places, put on some wires, and then just shove everything in into the monitor, boot it up, 
hook up the logic analyzer and just see what happens. And then it, you just got all this data coming in. And I was like, I'm never going to do this. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't do this because there's just so much data onto it. And, uh, and it's just like, oh, but, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I t- took some time on and off, uh, just you know, spending some time with all the data, just trying to sift through it. At one point, I was sitting, spending a whole night just trying to grouping it. You know, it, I gave some parts, some, you know, I put that in red and some other parts. Hey, they look like the same, so also in red. And then I, I tried to sift through it and it just went nowhere. And, and then suddenly, hey, wait a second, this means that and this means that. Hey, there we go. And then it actually makes sense. And then everything was... Uh, yeah, everything just like came together. So I got to stop and ask a, a very stupid question, but from a, sure. a, you know, start with the dumbest answer and and move your way up. But what is a logic analyzer, and what are you actually seeing when you're looking at these signals? Yeah, so so yeah, a logic analyzer is a thing that you hook up to all the electrical signals, you know, all the digital signals or whatever you you want to call them. You know, that can be ones and zeros, and then you can just get a complete. Uh, view of how are all the signals looking in time so from when you press the button some signals go high some signals go low blah 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 blah. you know and then you've got all the ones and zeros coming backwards and forwards in the monitor and uh, <laughs> that was the logic analyzer the really fast version but but then you can see you know when, when you when you're used to looking at electronics then you can see that okay this bus has eight lines and eight lines represent a one byte of data. So you can hook up and then you know that a zero here means this and a zero here means that. And then there's this control signal doing this, like putting this signal in. So you can just, you can just follow the every data, every piece of data going forwards and backwards into in the monitor. You can follow it with a logic analyzer, but you also get a lot of data. And <laughs> so the, the, the hard part is, you know, separating the, uh, I don't know what what you say in English, you know, severing the shit from the giggles or something like that, whatever you call it. <laughs> I've never heard that before, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to, to you know, translate something from Danish and it doesn't work at all. And it, it's not even called like that in Danish. But, you know, trying to find out what actually matters and what doesn't. Uh, uh, and uh, and that was that was definitely hard, the, the hard part, you know, for the for the 129X, you only had a, a you know, a one single line going to that card. So you never had information from anything else that wasn't going to that card. So that was very easy because I could just follow, okay, this one, I know this is going to the card. But on the on the A series, it's just like one big array of data going to every card, also the power supply, also the ISR, also the deflection board. All that stuff is just in one big pile. And I had to figure out what was actually what because I thought that all these data were coming to that one card until I figured out that that was actually the, all the data for all the monitor. So the, the whole oh. thing was, the, the, the epiphany was to figure out that actually it's only these small pieces of data that go to the card and the rest is going to the monitor, the rest, or not the monitor, the power supply or whatever other card. So that was the epiphany because when I figured that out, I could suddenly see that the, the, uh, the amount of data I had to worry about was almost nothing or at least very little. Uh, so that was the whole. Uh, that was the the you know what do you call it? the silver bullet that that made it ha- that made it happen. Yeah, that's awesome, and that actually explains why anybody who have tried before thought it was impossible because they thought that every single piece of data was coming from the card, and they didn't they didn't do what you did and were able to realize like no, it's all of the card or all of the monitors data. We only need a piece. That's really cool. 
Yeah, so th this was the idea, but the, actually the thing is, uh, what I also figured out was that uh, because with the uh, the SDI card, I tried doing that thing with only, you know, modding into it and just trying to put, you know, uh, uh, I, I made this small board, I don't know if I showed it anywhere, a small board that I could put between the, the card and the monitor so I could hook into all the, you know, all the lines, all the signal lines. So I tried doing that and just, uh, you know, injecting my own signal, disconnecting the RGB out or the uh, yeah the video signals from the original card and just hooking myself in, but it didn't work at all. And uh, you, you can't actually do that on these cards because the card detects everything that's going through it. And then it tells the monitor, you will now be seeing a signal looking like this. And then it says, okay, there we go. And then it changes its uh, whatever. I don't even know what it actually does inside. You know, CRT minus is, is just still some sort of black magic. <laughs> but, but, but you know, it changes whatever it does to the deflection coils and blah, 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 to be able to sync up to the whatever signal comes in. And so that means that if you don't tell it something, then, then it won't say, then it won't sync at all because it doesn't know what it's, what it's getting. And the card, it hasn't told it something is actually coming in. So even though if you're hooking yourself in, you'd just be getting garbage mm -hmm. because the monitor doesn't regard it at all because the card hasn't told it something is coming in. So and is, that was this also, like yeah. the, um, is it like the 129X in that the signals, the RGBS signals get passed through or do those get processed as well as? In the original card, there's a, there's a lot of processing. And to be honest, I have no idea what all that processing does. It looks like there's a whole lot of electronics doing something i don't know what uh, my guess is actually that most of it is uh is some of this aperture stuff that i again have no idea what it actually is apparently it should be sharpening it or something like that uh, but it seems to be something like that and i it also i have an idea but i'm not quite sure that uh, the i don't know in the evergreen cards for for the d series and stuff like that the cards can share processing, so it can, or something like that. I, as far as I know, you know, if you have one decoder card, you can actually use the inputs of another card to go and route it through that decoder or something like that. And I'm unsure if that is what they tried to do on this card also, but it just never amounted to anything because everything went digital at the time. This, this is pure speculation. I actually have no idea if it's correct or not. But yeah, the card did a lot of processing. But in the end, if you look at the the the, the cleanest path of the signals, it is still more or less routing just the signals through and then doing some processing on the sync to be able to, you know, say, oh, this signal is uh, this and this uh, resolution and stuff like that. And then it tells that to the monitor, which then sets itself up. And so this was the hard part for me because I had to, uh, you know, come up with some logic to do all this stuff. And uh, I really don't know that much about synchronization signals and whatnot because the 129X, I just passed it on, let the monitor deal with it. And there we go. On this one, I had to actually go in, analyze the line count, blah, 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 and say, okay, if there's, th there's this many lines, then it must be this type of signal, blah, 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 blah. And then pass that information on to the monitor. So that's pretty interesting. So that that is a good explanation as to why the original monitor or the original 68X card has so many sync issues and this one doesn't. Um, because that's the thing that, I, you know, I... I show tons of B-roll, B, B whatever you want to call it, in the video of how the original 68X or the 129X on an H-series BVM are mm. act identically in that they don't process sync correctly from most sources. And I think this is speculation, but it's rooted in, it's, it might be fact, let's just say. And I, I think the reason is that by the time that these monitors started to get released, 
the the main focus in broadcast stations and in, in movie calibrations was no longer VCRs, which have crazy sync potential issues and all that stuff. It was DVD players and anything in HD, 480p, 720p, 1080i. So they removed all the functionality that allows you to clean up sync from things like a VCR, which is also the same thing you would need to clean up sync from old video game consoles because... Generally, up until this point, CRTs never cared. You send it an image, it'll sync up to it, you're fine. I'm oversimplifying. Yeah. If uh, Displaced Gamers is listening, I'm sorry, go listen to their videos because, uh, you know, totally different. But So uh, that that would explain the reason why, but or, or the general concept of why, I guess. But the one thing that was both awesome and confusing is, why did the 68X replacement that you designed solve every sync issue that I threw at it except the um, the H-series monitors still have it. Is it simply because all of the sync is being processed on the monitor, just like the rest of the controls for geometry, and whereas on the 68X it was being processed on the board? It, the, for sure, the, the, the sync is being processed by the board itself, by the card itself. But I think what actually happened was that I just didn't do it like Sony did, because I just did the simplest way at all, and there was... For me, it was actually because that was the most obvious way. Tried to simplify it as much as possible, so I just did it the simplest way. I took a normal sync uh, combiner, or not sync combiner, a sync splitter, or separator, whatever we call it. Put that in because uh, on the card and into the monitor, everything is RGB HV or you know discrete sync signals. Uh, so uh, I, I needed those signals anyway, and those are also the signals that I use to process and figure out what uh, you know what is the resolution and stuff like that. But what what also caught me as a surprise was that everything actually worked right out of the box, and I didn't do anything to actually combat these issues. You know, I just plugged it in and said, like, "Whoa, hey, <laughs> everything works! Uh, wow!" And uh, so, and then I tried all the the you know whatever I could try here, master system and whatnot, and just everything just worked. Uh, so why does that work when Sony's doesn't? Uh, to be honest, I really have no idea. Um, for sure, there is something also on some of the um, how it calculates the uh, the refresh rates and stuff. Uh, and the best, uh, I think I wrote that on my web page also, or at least I've said it at different times or multiple times, that this Dodon Patchy, uh, or I didn't, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but Dodon so. Patchy, the, yeah, the arcade core on Mister, which runs like 57.2 hertz or something like that. And uh, if you put that into the original, it doesn't sync at all, but the OSD is stable. But on my card, it uh, it syncs co- correctly, but the OSD rolls around because apparently the card or the monitor tries to put out the OSD at 60 hertz, which doesn't fit the 57 point whatnot hertz. And on the original card, it uh, it apparently ends up being 50 hertz. It thinks it's 50 hertz. And then it just, you know, so the OSD is stable. But the you know the image scrolls because the image isn't fifty hertz or something like that. It's 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 really whack. It's it is a, it is a whack card and a whack monitor. There's uh there's some fun right there for sure. But yeah, I can't tell you why it actually works better because in the end I actually didn't do anything to to fix it. <laughs> Glad you got it, lucky it on worked. that one. Um, yeah, for sure. So on the on the one twenty nine X, that outputs RGBs to the monitor and on the 68x yes. it outputs rgb hv to the monitor right yeah 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 so that could be part of the um 
I'm not smart enough to to understand why, but I am to understand the concept, and that could that could be why there's no more sync issues because you're just sending an RGBs, splitting the S to HV, and then mm-hmm. so you're those horizontal sync slices that cause the issues when in the RGBs signal are getting separated anyway. So that could very well just be a very oversimplified explanation. If Steve's listening to this, which he's probably not, but if he is, he's probably yeah. rolling his eyes like, Oh, Bob, don't repeat the things that I told you. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. But you know, it, it, it might be. And, and I, I remember when we, at some point we sat down and looked at these, some of these sicknesses, especially from the master system and the problems I thought were the problems seemingly weren't the problems at least if you looked at the the signals you know raw but it still looks like crap on the original card and i really can't tell you why because uh you know uh my guess is that it must be the sync separation circuit of that card that for some reason does not accept whatever it is that is weird in some uh or in some machines uh, sync circuits i really don't know uh, this would take more time to you know analyze which of course could be fun to do at some point but you know it's right now there's a board that seems to be working very good for what i would imagine most people need which is rgbs in the 240p Hmm. um so speaking of 240p and resolutions now the 68x card do you need to buffer the signals through a dhs 7374 video amp um, like the 129x card yeah, I, I do that, but uh, it's it's uh, again the original card does the same. It buffers the signal and it switches it on and off, and then there's a uh, also a switch that takes the you know the sync signal to the sync separating circuit from either the Y signal or from the S uh, input. So so there's so there's a buffer, sure, yeah. So uh, when I tested the original 129x card, I tested um, obviously 240p, 480i, and 480p, and all worked perfect and i don't remember if i ever tested 720p because while it's a use case that i understand it's not a use case that i use a lot because in my personal opinion by the time you get to 720p it looks fine on a a flat panel monitor anyway so Mm, yeah i didn't realize that everything looked good but 720p was kind of blurry and that was just a basic low pass filter issue and it's one of the many yeah. reasons why i tell everybody unless you understand what you're doing don't use a low pass filter or just use one and don't use a sync stripper now when i say don't use a low pass filter i mean in your mods in your scalers and everything else but that's why generally speaking if somebody says oh i got a you know a super nintendo do i enable the low pass filter on that Almost all cases, no, because your scaler is going to handle it. You know, there's something else in the chain that's going to do it. It's really only if you're going direct from that to analog. And this is one of Mm. the weird things that could happen if you do it, uh, you know, if you do it wrong in the wrong setup. So it's kind of funny that that was... uh, Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you get to disable the Lopez filter, so I can assure you that I have uh, remembered to uh, disable <laughs> the Lopez filter, because the funny part is that on the first board I hadn't, on the first prototype, because I had just taken that straight off the 129X, so with the same error, and it's just like, oh god, I need to get this right this time for sure, yeah. to begin and with. Just so- to be clear to everybody, if you bought one of the duels, none of those have this at all. Uh, and in fact, we even dis- uh, you even discovered a, a voltage issue on VGA. Like none of that is an issue. Uh, it, you know, from the time you're hearing this, if you bought a dual, 
you know, I think Will sold a handful maybe, but uh, like nothing, no problems here. If you bought a duel, you're fine. If you bought the 68X replacement, you're fine. It's only the original single BNC, single SCART, or single VGA that all you need to do is cut a little trace and then move a pin over. Uh, I think you have instructions on your website to how to do that. And the only time it matters is 720p to the original card. It does not, the 480p looks perfect, 480i, 240p, all perfect. I I guess 1080i as well, but I still don't understand why people would ever use 1080i on a monitor. There's always Ah, somebody that has an an explanation as to why that's a good idea, and I never agree with it. But um, (laughs) So yeah, it's only only 720p. All the GitHub repos I have should have been I should have fixed all the the layouts now so none of them should have it if the if you're building your own mm-hmm. to the people out there who are building their own uh, it should be fixed but again also to all the people out there who are building their own you should uh, always use the GitHub repositories because I put all some some Gerber files or whatever they're called uh, around in different projects you should never use those though so outdated you know use the 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 GitHub repos because they should be current. Cool, cool. Yeah, that, that was just a funny thing because you asked me about that and I tested it. And at first I'm like, like who's using 720p on these things? And I guess yeah. maybe, I, I guess there's a few things I could think of, but I just like, I'm like, fine, I, I know, I don't, you know, I tested it, it worked. Like you asked me to test all resolutions, so does 1080i. But yeah. when I went back <laughs> and actually did the side by side, I was like, oh, that is a little blurrier. And then uh, I, I was able to do the mod fairly easily because that's what I would do with the old, old G-SCART switches. They've been out of production for like five years, but it was the same thing. It was a double filter. So if yeah. you're blowing that up to a 4K TV, then you know the, your filter on your console and the filter in the G-SCART and the filter in your OSSC, if you had all three on at the same time, it wouldn't be as sharp as without it. So I just turned it off. And uh, so it was a very... I don't want to say it was a very easy mod because if you've never done SMD soldering, it could be yeah. scary, but it's not It's not it's hard. Small. And most people <laughs> won't need to do it at all. I would say the use case for these is 99%, 99.9%, 15 and 31 kilohertz only. So. Yeah. But still, it, it was funny because when you, when you wrote me that, hey, this looks kind of blurry, you have missed something up. And I was like, the problem was that when I made the card, or made, when I made the card, I was like, I got to remember to take, you know, kill this low pass filter but apparently I had, I had done it wrong i didn't even bother to read the data sheet i just did it like i thought it was well that's because the defaults to on i i don't think they should uh, i don't know what the use case for that chip is but it defaults to on so even if you yeah. forget to to tie it high and you just leave it floating or something which you're not even supposed to do that but it's always on unless you tie it to voltage correct yeah, something like that. At least, and I tied it to ground, so I actually forced it on because I really love low pass filtering. Apparently, but I just remember, you know, I was lying in my bed thinking because, like, why is this happening? Because I knew I turned it off, and uh, you know, we had just talked about it. I was just like, wait a second, how do you turn that low pass filter on? And then I, you know, jumped out of the bed, and my wife, wife was going like, "Hey, what? You know, it's two in the morning." <laughs> it's like I got, to, I just got to check something. You know, down to my office, pull up a car, and say, "Damn." You know, I remember I talking to you way. that night too, and I remember you know saying goodbye, and then like an hour later, I get a message from you, and the first thing I think of is, isn't it like two o'clock in the morning there? Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, holy <laughs> shit, I just found this. It, it, I, I'm like, how shitty are those moments, man? I had the worst one I've ever had was. Uh, we were, uh, you know, we had this rollout of computers, and the customer said, hey, we can't install. Uh, the Wi-Fi isn't working. 
And I'm like, what the, like, that, how is that possible? I designed the embedded image. I, you know, I half designed the hardware. Like, come on. So I, I'm, I was on another customer meeting. I get on a plane in San Francisco and I almost always took the red eyes. So that way I would get on the plane at night, fall asleep, sleep on the plane, go to work the next morning. But I had such a grueling month that I was like, I'm going to be lazy and take like the 9 a.m. flight. I could read some books. I could listen to music, take a nap, land in the afternoon. The, the wheels come up. Like, we, you know, the plane turns. And, you know, so even if I wanted to try to sneak internet service or something, I was already too high off the ground and it hit me. Like, I know what the problem is. And it's the, the, the company changed a part on us and it's a locked image. So it wasn't able to reinstall the driver. And that's why Wi Fi didn't work. And then I had to sit on the plane for five and a half hours hating myself just going oh oh it was totally my mistake it was totally i can't believe that i didn't check that when i knew i should have oh exactly the worst feeling so yeah at least at the very least you got to jump out of bed double check it and and no you get to go back to sleep like okay and I, i had to sit there on that flight like i have to tell a customer that i fucked everything up for this rollout (laughs) because i didn't want to be late and i didn't double i didn't stop production and i just what are they going to concentrate on are they going to be happy that i didn't delay the rollout are they going to want me fired because i uh, luckily they were just like we don't care just fix it and shut up right i'm like all right but yeah so yeah as long as you can fix it it's it's usually good as long as long as you can just tell but as long as you can fix it and not charge us that's yeah, all they cared uh, about. So. <laughs> exactly, but it was actually writing the. Uh, I, I wrote it on Facebook and you know on different media. Like, I'm sorry, I fucked up with this uh, low pass filter. Please, you 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 gotta fix it if you want to. But again, I actually think it isn't a big problem because most people are not using this stuff for this. Uh, you know, 720p, but apparently some are, of course, and they, of course they should fix it if they but want But more to. importantly, there's zero safety issue. Zero. It's not like if you of don't course. fix it, your monitor is going to explode. It's the same no, no, voltage. No. It's the, so zero, zero safety issue. Only a sharpness issue in 720p. So yeah. of all the things, it's a very light one, but I just... I just had to laugh about that because I have had so many of those moments in my life. And that one in the plane is the worst because I was just like, I can't just to stew in your own shittiness yeah. for five and a half hours <laughs> in a tube, 30,000 feet, smelling somebody's nasty breath and feet behind you. Just like, it, yeah, it was not not oh. the best flight. Not the best flight. <laughs> That's debugging. Always <laughs> yeah. the fun stuff. Right. So uh, overall, though, the 68X blown away by performance um the version that's out now is interesting because we are in an unprecedented part shortage and we're at a spot where it's like you've completed it it's working it's tested and working we tested 720p (laughs) like it's everything you know everything's there but to make them is very expensive because of the part shortage and there's also some features i know you and i wanted to play with that it's just like uh, let's get this first run out so people with A-series monitors could actually use them now and yeah, not have to yeah. worry about this. So uh, I would say to anybody buying one now, there's you're, there's nothing wrong. There just might be more... There It might be cheaper in the future or there might be more features or something, but if you're just looking for RGBS and component video input, there, it's it runs perfect, but 
it was rough because of the part shortage. Didn't you have to swap out one of the major parts in it? Yeah, actually, the, the thing is, you know, when you're sitting with something like this, and uh, you know, I just, I just wanted to get it out there, but then, you know, suddenly this part shortage was ha- was happening, and it's just killing everybody. Uh, you know, the whole electronics industry is, 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 you know, is in dismay or whatever you would call it. And then I was just like, hey, I got to build. So- I, I, let me try to build some of this. Parts can't be sold. You know, can't find the parts. No parts. Not in stock. Not in stock. And it's just like what. And so I was like, okay. Uh, so I, I made a, I changed a couple of the parts. Um, and while I was doing that, the parts that I changed to went out of stock. Oh. And you know, uh, <laughs> oh, no. so so it's just like, oh, really? And and then the problem is, you know, right now it seems like that is that is what happens. You know, stuff goes out of stock as you are redesigning. So I've kind of, kind of like say, okay, for now this is how it looks, and uh, you know, production seems to be possible. Uh, if if people want to build their own, I think it's close to impossible right now because it get, you you either have to source the parts by you know some really shady places. I have no idea if they will take your credit card number and you know, buy stuff in Russia, or whatever they'll do with that number. But uh, I, you know, I would be wary of buying in some of these places. Saying, yeah, we have stock of everything. Sure, sure you do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so 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 that, but it's it's crazy, and there's really nothing to do about it. I just saw on uh, on Twitter the guy who was uh, working on uh, on this uh, one of the N N sixty four HDMI things uh, was bought something. He 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 was like he, yeah he was writing it. Hey, I just found a couple of these FPGAs. There's Digigi uh, at Digigi, and then uh, six days later they were all out. Uh, it's just like well this is how it is right now and he, yeah. he he got a couple and it's just like that's how it is right now it, as soon as you find it you should just buy everything because if you nah, i'm gonna wait till tomorrow it, it's gone and, yeah. and you know it's 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 a travesty so because i would really like to try to cost optimize these bots but i can't because they can't find the components yeah. so there's really not much to do so right now the fpga that's on it is just like really big and much too big uh, for for what's needed, but it, it was the one that was actually obtainable. Yeah, you know it's funny. So I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a guess here. We could all gauge if I'm my my perception on the internet is correct or not. But it is July 11th in the afternoon. I'm not drinking beer in the morning. I, I only reserve that for Jimmy Hoppe and soccer. But um, the 129x dual video is already out and it's getting really good feedback everybody loves the idea of it the 68x video hasn't even been shot yet but the script's done and the b-roll footage is shot so i should finish that in a day or two my guess my guess is that everybody who owns an a series without a card is going to buy one and absolutely appreciate it and i don't know what the final price is it's definitely going to be under 300 bucks but I think everybody that owns an A-Series right now is going to go, it's only 300 compared to 3,000, and you don't have the sync issues, and it's a part shortage, but they're still able to be made. Uh, all right, maybe there's going to be a, a more feature-filled version next year, but who cares? I am buying this right now, and I love this. And there's going to be other people with some level-headed opinions, like, oh, you know, I can't quite afford that right now. I'll wait till next year. Totally fair. 100% fair, but I guarantee there's also going to be people that are like, that price is outrageous. You know, hey, this feature doesn't work as well as I had hoped. Everything works fine for me. I'm just saying. Like, you know, and I, my guess is that any of the trolls that we're going to see about this don't own an A series, 
never planned on buying one and have no stock in this other than they want to be the person that everybody like, oh yeah, you're right. You're so smart and articulate. Thank you for your trolling comment. Why don't I like, yeah. So I have a feeling any negative feedback uh, is only going to be non a series owners. Not like we're some elitist bunch that's smarter. It's just, if you own something that you know is this close to being awesome and somebody hands you over something, the ability to, to complete that, then, you know, it's just like, okay, I know what the alternative is. Thank you for not waiting a year and a half until the part shortage is over just because you don't want to hear the trolls tell you how expensive it is. So, uh huh. And this is, you know, this is, you know, the whole idea of this project because as I see it, the A series right up, more up until now has been close to useless. And I've saw I've seen people, you know, find hey, I got this monitor. And then they show, you know, on Facebook and some of these CRT groups, they show an A series. And then people go like, yeah, but do you have the twenty nine X? And they're about like, but what's that? Yeah, you're gonna shell out a lot of dough on this. And then it goes, oh, really? And then they sell off the monitor for fifty bucks or something like this, which yeah. you know, by apparently in, in America, I can see these prices are completely whack. In Denmark, it's not that bad yet, but. Uh, but and but you see these monitors just go because people can't use them. You know they can't do what they want to because nobody uses SDI. And if you're lucky, you can get the the what is the 61D, which is also becoming increasingly hard to get because that was at least up until now the only option you had. Mm-hmm. And and now we can actually have all these monitors. You know, and apparently there are a lot out there. But people, I, I know they're still in use actually some places. But, uh, you know, people have just never regarded them as useful because this card is so rare. The original card is so rare. Right. So up until now, um, so the, the tubes that are in the A-series are interchangeable with the tubes that are in the D-series. And uh, when I lost my job a couple of years ago and I sold everything off, one of the things I had to sell was an A-series with about 3,000 hours on it. So it was yeah. a brand new, brand new tube. Like uh, it was mint and I regret selling it, but the people that bought it seemed awesome. So that's always a plus in my opinion, but the specific use that they were going to do, I had uh, the 61 D I think you said is the composite in S video card. Yeah, exactly. I had that with it and they had a D 20 as well at home with a worn tube. And it, it was so worn that you just kind of knew like, uh, like this isn't the best experience. I probably should be using a consumer TV and they bought the A-series from me, and they swapped everything over. They swapped the tubes. They disassembled. And what they ended up with was a D-series that could do 480p, you know, every, all the all of the multi-format stuff that you want, with a tube that had 3,000 hours on it. And then they ended up with an A-series, which was now still a really amazing composite video and S-video monitor, even with the worn tube. So up until now, if you had the skills to do that, cool but you'd still have to find a d series and an a series and then you'd have to spend and they said it took forever and it wasn't it wasn't even that they hadn't done it before because of course if they do it again everything's going to go smoother it's just you have to unbolt everything in order to do that so i don't think i I would ever go i have never tried doing a tube swap it just seems like a really big job in my head you know i know exactly what would happen i would get halfway through it and i would go Hey, Jose, what are you doing next week? <laughs> oh, that poor bastard. I've hired him to do the, some insane repair work for me, and he, he always comes through. So cheers, cheers to you. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'd be able to finish it myself because I'd run into something, something 
a connector doesn't look right. You know, uh, if you haven't done it, anytime you haven't done something before, whenever there's a bump in the road, it's a big deal. Whereas if you've done a few of something, it's like, oh, no, I know what that is. Turn it upside down, you know, twist the wires together. You're good to go. So yeah, do magic. Yeah. Whereas this, it's the opposite. You know, do you know how to plug a card into a slot and turn on a monitor? Then you've now installed your 68X replacement card. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so this, this is definitely, and this was, uh, you know, what I really wanted to do. Can we really now help a completely new, more or less, generation of monitors actually being useful? Uh, and it seems like it is, and yeah. it will be, because, again, I think, actually, most people are going to use RGBS, 240p, no sync issues. This is the, what people want, and, you know, this is what it, really what it does really good, you know, improve on the original yeah, I mean, you know, 720p and 1080i do work through it. Yeah, but sure. The fact that you now have a multi-format monitor. So the fact that, like, you could play your PlayStation 2 and it looks great in 480i on a CRT. You don't have to worry about motion adaptive deinterlacing. Everything's fine. Yeah. And then you throw in your PS2 game that's 480p enabled. You press a button and your monitor just switches into 480p mode and you're good to go. Worst case scenario, you got to adjust some brightness best case scenario you're not going to do anything and it just like that there's something to be said for that and you know if you're a crt freak like i am you might think oh well when i play games in 480p i prefer the look of this shadow mask tube on this style monitor yeah that's fair if you're crazy like i am if you're just a normal gamer who loves retro having a multi-format monitor that does everything is, is such a, a just a really cool bonus and mm. uh, so, yeah, obviously I'm gushing over it because I love that stuff. And I, I'm also biased because living in New York City, having one monitor that could do everything versus like a stack of monitors is a huge deal here. <laughs> if I ever get to move to the burbs, I'm going to build a CRT wall just to show off everything that I could do. But I did in one monitor back in New York. Yeah. So <laughs> When the space allows it. So another question that people have been asking. Which sure. um, my response to them has been a polite version of why don't you shut the fuck up and be appreciative for what we got today. We'll deal with that tomorrow. But I will ask the question anyway, and I will be the asshole in this situation. Um, because you've already done the A-series, something very complicated, and because you've done the, the 129X, something not easy, but certainly not the not as complicated. What does this look like for other series of the monitors like the d series for example or the e and the f which does get tricky because most of them most series have their own cards that are not compatible with each other but mm. the fact that is this something like and and you know answer me like i've like i'm stupid because in this case i kind of am is this something like oh i've already done the a so i could i could port the code over to the d and the e and the f series in the day and it's no big deal or do you have to start from scratch for each one of scratch. these others okay. scratch it, it would be completely from scratch at least the, you know although they look somewhat the same to some degree but i'm pretty sure that there's nothing that actually is the same so it would be starting from scratch again i would need to have the hardware I mean, to plug everything up, you know, start soldering onto cards and see what happens. But as far as I do know, many of these cards comes with a lot of discrete components. And, and, and again, this whole switching and, and routing signals through other card stuff would be something that I would have to look into. Um, so, But I don't even know, is there a shortage of these cards? Uh, I do have a, an old, uh, what do you call, BVM14G1E or something like that. Hmm. 
with, which has uh, some cards in it, but I, I've actually rarely used it. It just sits in my in my shed, uh, along with uh, a bunch of other monitors that I've bought over the years. Uh, but uh, yeah, it would be a completely new project for sure. So it would again, be my uh, my very strong opinion that you do not waste your time on that today because right now you could get parts for all of these and yeah all parts for everything are going up in price you know but if you have to spend three or four hundred bucks on an input card that is available for a monitor you already own that's way different than spending twenty five hundred three thousand dollars on a card that you have to wait six months before one even pops up on ebay so it's a totally different scenario so maybe someday and you know you open source all of your stuff so anybody with the patience and a logic analyzer and some you know some knowledge could try to follow your lead and do that for the rest of these um, but as far as you personally, I would like to request that you spend your time on other stuff that we need your help for and not something that would be cool, but not needed today. Maybe five years from now, there's going to be a shortage and we'll all be calling, you know, Batman Martin to fly in and save us again. And, and do stuff. Yeah. yeah. Again, the biggest problem is always that I need the hardware and I have, uh, the, you know, I, I have a house, but I don't have space. And I also have a wife that already thinks that because I was doing this project in our dining room or whatever <laughs> you call it and she was like what's that big monitor doing there it's like I'm, I'm i'm doing a project on it yeah okay but for how long is that be gonna sit there not that long you know six months later it has been sitting there and i've been moving forward and backwards you know we're having guests guests over that monitor is not sitting there while we're having guests over. okay martin takes everything away because you know i was using an, an a20 it is a big monitor that is yeah. a big monitor and uh, so, and it's not a pretty one. And so, at least you know the wife doesn't like to. You know, it looks like a big cement block of cement. And um, so, I had to take that forward and backwards, uh, breaking my back. And uh, so, this is the problem when you when you're doing these reverse engineers. You you usually need the hardware. And uh, if I can't get the hardware, then it's kind of shit out of luck because uh, you know people because I've do I've been do, doing some of these JVC mods where you know you put an Arduino in and you do some magic with the jungle ICs. Uh, people always uh, often write me, "Hey, can you do?" And then insert some weird ass TV that doesn't that doesn't work. And it's like, <laughs> no, I can't really. It's not that I don't want to, but I don't have the TV, and uh, so they they you, you, I can't do it. You have to do your magic. You have to try yourself, and uh, because the, it's not like what I'm doing is is any kind. It's not. You know, it's not magic. You know, it's it's a common way that if you want to listen in to some hardware, you know, figure out what what does it do. And, you know, it's the same thing when I debug hardware at work. You know, I need to find out what's wrong. Then you put logic analysis on, see, is my, my signal is actually doing what I expect them to do. So it is more or less the same. And uh, But if you don't have the hardware, then everything is just pure guesswork. And do you use a logic analyzer for your day job? Yeah, yeah sometimes, yeah. All right, so that's uh, that's your familiarity with it. Then that's how you're able to to get that. Uh, yeah, that yeah, for set. sure. But but it is but it, you know I see yeah. So I've been using it at my day job, but in in the end, I've never used it on my day job as I've used it here before because on my day job usually you know a couple of channels that's it. But when you have to listen into a complete bus and all kinds of signals, uh, you know the whole backplane of the A series, there's a lot of mumbo jumbo going on there. So. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's you know the hardest <laughs> hardware debugging I have been doing in my life. I guess is actually this card because wow. it's the most. It's actually one of the most uh, what do you call them complex buses that I've been listening to with a logic analyzer. 
<laughs> for sure. Now, look, all all kidding aside, right? I made my sarcastic comment because I'm three beers deep and it's about 95 degrees in here and, you know, I'm getting a little oh, yeah. heavy. But asking the question of the, hey, that's cool. Can you do this too? Depending on, well, I don't know about you, but depending on my mood, sometimes I'm like, hey, screw you. Look at what else. And other times I'm like, that's a fair question. And the right answer is that is a fair question because you never know. So to all joking aside, if anybody didn't understand I was joking, you know, you could try and just go on a website and cancel me if you'd like but it's uh the truth is they're all good questions but that is the fair answer in that this is a tremendous amount of work so maybe someday if there's a shortage in input cards for the d series or you know if there's something else that we need um you know that's that's something that maybe revisit but i think your skill set would be better applied just my opinion but i think it would be better applied to other problems that no one else has solved yet that you're already three quarters of the way there so that I think for input cards, you know, maybe another version of this as the part shortage ends, uh, cutting uh, a version to cut cost and listen to people's feedback, see if they have yeah, any sure. features they want. I think that's totally plausible and something that you, you'd probably find fun doing anyway, but mm. I wouldn't count on anything else in the short term. But you do have JVC monitor stuff that you sell or that you've made, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, I use the JVC myself for everything. You know, Sony monitors is kind of like a, a you know a side thing i don't use sony monitors at all except in, on my bench right here there's a small uh, what it's called you know a pvm 945 is that because like you that. prefer the look of the shadow mask versus the aperture grill uh <laughs> no I, 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 to be honest no because uh, although that i do this like a religious war about all that stuff i just like my crt and uh, i use this 19 inch uh, jvc which was the first pro monitor that i got and the reason that I got it was that there was a guy sailing to, and then I found uh, this uh, this guide on the web. Uh, you know, this is how you can make an RGB card. And I was like, and the, they didn't have RGB. So I said, like, hey, I can do this. So I, so I bought it, made the card, you know, put it into KiCad, and the electronics uh, program that I used to, to design them, made a card. Hey, there we go. I now have two monitors uh, with RGB that just work very good. Mm-hmm. So it's just been sitting uh, as my daily driver. Actually, I don't game that much at all, so it just sits looking cool, along with all the the, the consoles that I don't use. But it's uh, <laughs> a <little> feeling, <laughs> yeah. But it's there. Uh, but yeah, so I've done that. But actually, just uh, quickly going back with the, you know, can you do like this? When I did the 129x at the time, I had a bunch of people writing me, and you can also see that on the, on Reddit and uh, other places where I go like, and they ask me, "Hey, can you have you been looking into the uh, 68x?" And I'm going like, "No, and I won't do it, and you can't do it, and blah blah, and won't be me. I can't do that. I would, I don't even want to look into it." <laughs> <laughs> And, and then, then started, some hey, fat American fuck was like, hey, Martin, can I send you one to play with? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I was like, I was really like, ah, I, uh, you know, I don't want to spend my time. And it just looks so complex. You know, I, I think your pictures uh, that I saw on the internet where I can see the component count. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, whoa, what does all this crap do? And, and I was like, it must be doing something. And it, otherwise they wouldn't put it there. It's what's my guess. And, uh, and it does something. I just don't know what it is because I could just circumvent most of it and it actually worked better. But that's another thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so that's a fun thing. So even though people say something and you ask us to do something, I'll go like, no, I don't want to do that. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> you end up doing it anyway. And uh, yeah. So for your, your JVC cards, to go back real quick, though, um, mm-hmm. did those 
uh, were they were sound like they were closer to the 129x and that you pass the signals through but then you just need to tell the monitor that there is a signal there right yeah yeah it's it's actually just you don't need there's no uh, controller or anything it's like tying a couple of signals to uh you know to lower height kind of like you know enabling and disabling the low pass filter uh so that's about it and when you do that the monitor goes like hey there's a car and uh, then it uh, just selects it uh, internally on the uh, you know basically the the JVC cards is just an RGB mod, more or less. You, you're just shoving right. the, the signals in. There's really not much to it, uh, to the card. And uh, again, on the uh, on you know the guy who made the original tutorial or whatever to to do it, uh, you know, shout out to that guy because ha- hadn't he done that, I would have never you know bought these two monitors and and uh, actually tried you know starting out making these cards. And your board sure. is, uh, you designed it, but it's essentially it's the same as Jam's board because it's all just tie the signal high or low, add the RGB things and everything. And uh, yeah. Jam is Linux bot 3000 on eBay. Uh, I don't know him that well, but every interaction I've ever had with him has been positive. So got nothing but good things to say about him. Uh, mm. I, I got his card for mine, actually, and it worked fine. Um, and shout out to Andy from Brooklyn Video Games. He has one of the other ones. So, um, you know, which, whichever one you have available to you is the right answer in that case. You know, yours yeah. is open source. I think his is open source, too. I, I think remember. it is, yeah. Because I think he open sources almost everything he does. I got a pile of it. I got... I always keep my two, my my guns next to me, ready to fire. I got a couple of his converters and stuff like that, and you know, so yeah, it's a you know, the, just another cool person doing this stuff. I just wanted to make sure, I wanted to make sure to say that in a positive way because there's a lot of theft in retro gaming, and that that's not at all what happened. It's just two people making the same thing. It's like exactly like Voltar's RGB mod and Bordy's RGB mod. They're both great. No one stole anything from each other. It's just it is what it is. So yeah, just wanted to make sure to give Jam a shout out and everybody let everybody know that his stuff's great too so it, it, and the cool thing about that you know whatever he does he actually produces it and you know sells it you know i just put the stuff out there and i hope for other people to do it because i, I really can't spend my time on this but this is what i think is really cool when you do all this stuff and also get make it available which is also a big part of it because then you know not that many people actually want to be sitting down and soldering this stuff themselves so they wanted to be able to so even though you open source stuff that's fine but that it is also very important that somebody actually takes the time to get it produced and actually get it out there so uh, to make it available. And actually, uh, because I actually stole some something from Jam because he uses the same board. I, I, I think it was he said, yeah, I credited him on my on my silk screen mm-hmm. of my JVC board because he used he gave me that idea to have the same board for both SCART and BNC in in the same design, which I thought was 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 brilliant. And uh, so uh, at least when you steal off his, each other, you know, uh, make sure to credit each other. I think that's important in the. You know, in the YouTube world, one of the most respectful things you could do if you want to show footage of somebody else's channel, you do a screenshot of your web browser. So you're using their footage, but anybody watching can see the title of their video and the title of their channel. So that's where that's where fair use really really comes into play. Sure, in that, exactly. Like, there, I I would never in a million years call that theft. That is polite promotion and and sharing so you, you, that's you essentially did the same thing in the you know the exactly yeah, yeah. World, so but but th- i i just think it's important uh that that when we do all this stuff and borrow from each other or even open source or not you know uh it, it's just important to to give a shout out and uh, you know my board my jvc board isn't better than his or whatever and i just put it out there for people to do and uh 
Yeah. And that's why I like working with people like Ryan from Castlemania or Adam from mm. Retro Gamer stuff or, or Will from Retro, retro Consoles. God, what retro Upgrades. Retro Upgrades. I'm sorry, Will. I'm sorry. <laughs> Will from Retro Upgrades. Like, they, they don't just make your stuff. They make your stuff and say, hey, this is the open source design from and here's the link to and I'm mm. I'm proud that I'm I'm making these things for for all of these amazing creators. Everybody wins. Like people who exactly. just want to buy the stuff get to buy it. They get to make some cash. You know, you get your work um recognized. Like I, I really appreciate people who take the time. And on the flip side, if you have the time to do it, thanks to jam for designing open sourcing and making these like yeah yeah there's room sure. for all of this stuff just play play nice children play nice <laughs> so what do you think um is there something that you have that you would want to talk publicly about that's next uh that you've been wanting to work on or there's still just a bunch of circuits you're going back and forth with that maybe it'll work maybe it won't yeah well uh I still want to work a bit more on this uh, 69X for sure, but then I actually wanted to work a bit on uh, on this the BKM uh, 15R, the the remote control that you use for the A series, because that's oh. that's also becoming scarce. So I, I wanted to try to look into the protocol that it uses. You know, maybe it, so. So the the problem is that people maybe getting may, might be getting the monitor, but they don't have the controller. And then what I wanted to do, this is purely in my head because I have spent zero time on it, but I wanted to, like, can I make, like, a small wireless thing that can sit in the back so you can control it from your phone? Something like that. Uh, that would be cool. And uh, then we could get rid of all these, uh, you know, these expensive remotes because I think a BKM 15R is going for, like, what? 1500 no, not $1,500, no, no, like, no. what, $500 or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, still but still, a lot of money. Bucks. Yeah. That's a lot of money, and, and you can't use the monitor without it. So so even though you can say that the, the, the 69X is important, but uh, the money or the remote makes it is also important. In yeah, the and for anybody that... that doesn't have any of these BVMs, there's when, when we talk about remote control, it's like a, a long thin device with a bunch of buttons on it certain bvms have it built right in like the g series i believe and if they're not built in they, they very oftenly came oftenly wow i can't even speak my own language they very often came with uh the bracket so they they look integrated the d series uses a serial uh, just a standard serial cable but the a series uses a network cable and you plug it into the ISR board, which is something that's also required to run these things. Um, so it's not like you need to buy something else. But you could, on both the ISR board and the remote, you switch between direct connection or network. And if you put it in the ISR in network mode just by flipping the switch, you should technically be able to connect that with the network cable to something that sends the same signals over a network. So... That's that's interesting and in that that has the potential to be a few weeks worth of work and that also has the potential to be impossible. <laughs> of and, course it is. Right, because maybe it's encrypted, maybe it's something else. So that's uh I'm glad you're looking into that, but res- respectfully anybody listening, cross your fingers, but this this could be this could be a lot of work or this could be just impossible. So Yeah, I I think I think I think that it's not encrypted, but that's based on how I think it works and uh but the thing is, I think that there are more monitors than there are controllers, uh, because you know, uh, many. I would imagine at least the broadcast studios they have X number of monitors and then one or two remotes. Yes. And so, so then uh, you know, it's kind of like a natural thing that will be missing at some point is the remote controls. Uh, 
Yeah. So that's why I wanted to look into it again because they will be scarce. I know that you can use the big KM 16R also instead, but then not all functions work. But of course, just as long as the basic stuff does, then I guess that's good enough. But and they're way cheaper. They're like a hundred bucks. Uh, way cheaper. They're cheaper, and uh, and then they're like a hundred bucks. But still, if we could get something that just worked, that would be really cool. Um. So so I wanted to look into that. And yeah, whatever, whatever products I can, you know, stumble upon. Again, most of the stuff when I do it, it's actually because I have the need myself. You know, uh, so something that, that I'm missing, and I, I'm trying to see if I can build it. If it succeeds, then I might as well, you know, get it out there because I'm not going to sell it anyway myself, at least not in any big quantities. So I might as well open source it. So anyone who wants to sell it or who wants to build it themselves might as well take it off. Uh, you know, they don't have to spend the time doing it again. There's no reason. Uh, the whole open this is in my opinion the whole open source uh, you know i don't know what you call it. the idea of it is that some guy has spent the time you can use the same here you go it's free for you that's awesome you know with no warranty of course <laughs> so this is what, what when if you if you make your own car and your money to burns out don't come asking for me you know <laughs> but i mean that that's absolutely fair and that's why so many people take the time to open source something because i'm i'm sure if we you know if we had a you know professor xavier's you know hat that we could just listen to the entire world i'm sure there's people that have done stuff like this in other projects in retro gaming that just don't share them because they're like i don't have time to support people you know i already worked mm. a crazy job this was a fun hobby but i just i don't have time yeah. And they don't put it out there. So the fact that you do and that there's other stores available to buy them and there's communities that help support it, that, that's awesome for everybody. So so thank you. Thank everybody, I guess. Yeah. All everybody's awesome. Yeah. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um this was a whole lot of fun. I hope I wasn't too loopy. Uh anybody that's watched my interviews before could vouch that uh two and a half beers isn't enough to get me tipsy, but ninety something degrees in the house. Yeah, I think I'm a little loopy right now. I think I'd have been I think I'd have been drunk if I had water drinking the entire time just on that. So hopefully I wasn't too silly. But uh, thank you. This was great. You were great. Thank you. Um, I just uh, I can't tell you how much we all appreciate the work that goes into all of this stuff. And I'm the products are it. awesome. So yeah, thank you. All right, thanks, man. I will talk to you again probably next year when we finish some other crazy project that you came up with. <laughs> Would love to. Would love to.